Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Somebody say the battle is the Lord's. Whatever I'm going through, it is God that is going to fight my battle for me. If you believe that, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 He has won the victory for us. He has won the victory for us already. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have won the victory already for us, O God. And we are not going to fight no battle because it is yours. Jesus, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Come and be the Lord and Master of this assembly. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. That could not hold you down. Yes, you are the reason, King. Oh, yes, seated in majesty. You are the reason, King. Our God is risen, He is alive, He wants the victory, He reigns. Our God is risen, oh yes, oh yes, tell every problem, tell every issue in your life, my God is risen, my God is alive, our God is He reigns on high. Our God is risen. He is alive. He's one of victory. He reigns on high. Our God is risen. He reigns on Come on. Tell every problem in your life. My God is risen. Tell every situation. My God is risen. And He is alive. He is alive. Oh, He the victory. He reigns on high. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place. Transform every heart, transform every life, transform everybody under the sound of my voice. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give somebody a high five and tell them that we are on the winning side. Oh, I said give somebody a high five and tell them that we are on the winning side. Hallelujah. Amen. If anyone told you that we are not in a fight, they lied to you. 
I said, if anyone told you that we are not fighting, they lied to you. As a matter of fact, we've been talking about the weapons of our warfare. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare. Today, I want to bring it to a close. Not because we have exhausted all the weapons. In fact, I haven't even done a quarter. But we have to pause it here and do something else. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle. Somebody say, for we wrestle. We do not wrestle. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness for, of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, somebody say, therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand. Stand therefore having gathered your waist with truth. Having put the breastplate of righteousness. And having, your, your, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts. Of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Hallelujah! And our um, text or our defining text can be taken from or can be found in Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 3 to 6. That I want all of us to read together. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 3 to 6. Let's read. Ready? Go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, we started, I, I listed a few weapons. Uh, we looked at the blood of Jesus. How many remember? The blood of Jesus. Then we looked at the word of their testimony. The word of our testimony. Hallelujah. And then we looked at they, they loved not their lives even unto death, living a life of sacrifice. How many remember that? Amen. And we looked at, was it last week, we looked at the weapon of praise and worship. How many were there? How many learned something? The weapon of praise and worship. Today I want to just touch on two or three of them quickly. And then we'll bring this subject to a close. You would realize that I just read um, from verse um, second Ephesians chapter uh, ten verse seventeen. He said that uh, having done no, f- sorry, Ephesians chapter six. Above all, take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the of of 
the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, all those are part of our armor. But you realize that majority of those armors, the armor that, that is defensive armor. Like the helmet is for defense, isn't it? Breastplate of righteousness is for defense. Uh, your feet, shod with the preparation of gospel of peace, is for defense. The shield of faith is for defense. The only uh, weapon there is the sword of the spirit. Can you see that? He said, what, 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 what did he say? T- verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. So one of the uh, weapons that are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds is what? The word of God. Somebody say the word of God. How many know the word of God is a weapon? We, we, we saw it when we read uh, Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, when Satan came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and was hungry. Satan came and said, if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do this. It's three times. And each time, Jesus used the word to fight. Amen. Each time he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. The word of God is our weapon as Christians. Amen. I told you the other day that the word of God is not the Bible that we take to, you know, in the movies. When there's an evil force, somebody will lift the Bible and try to use the Bible as an invisible, I don't know whether it's... um, Sword or invisible. What is that? The Vedas. Lighting. Lightsaver. It is not a lightsaver. The word of God in you is what becomes a weapon. I said the word of God in you is what becomes a weapon. Not the word of God in the Bible. Hallelujah. How does the word of God in you become a lifesaver? The word of God in you, you see, the word of God are, are two, in two folds. The word of God is the logos, which is the written word, and the rima, which is the revealed word to you. Your revelation and the word. Are you, are you with me? And the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So if you just study the letter, and memorize just the letter and not allow the spirit of God to, to, to breathe on the word, it will not help you or I. Amen. What makes for the weapon or the sword of the spirit is when the word has been revealed, when the word of God has been, uh, the spirit of God has breathed into it. And it's become rima in you. Then it becomes a sword. Hallelujah. Then it becomes a sword. Otherwise, it is not anything. Some of us, these these modern day Christians, that uh, uh, the Bible has become so available on our phones, on our uh, iPads, on our everywhere. Even on on our watches now, we have the Bible there. Apple Watch, you can put the Bible there and everything. And because of that, 
we haven't learned the art of memorizing scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many know that these days we don't remember phone numbers anymore? Because the phone numbers are on your phone. So even your wife or your husband's number, you don't really know when your, when your phone gets lost and you have to call them, you know, from another phone. Then you get to find out that you don't know the number. I don't know whether I'm in the right church. <laughs> Am I, can I take it off? I'm feeling hot now. (laughs) Hallelujah. You you know, it's like you realize you don't really know the word. In your hour of need. You see, in the hour that your phone is lost and you have to call your home or you have to call your wife or you call your children or somebody, you, you don't know the person's number. Meanwhile, on your recent dial on your phone, you have called them over 55 thousand times. But you have never ever taken the time to, to, to memorize the, the number. In the same way, we haven't taken our time to memorize scripture. So we don't know scripture. All we know is the jokes and the jargons in the church. Those are the things we know. But the word itself, we don't know. So the modern day Christian is fighting without the sword. Can you imagine that you go to a a war and your sword, the modern day equivalent of of, of the sword is your gun. Can you imagine you go to a war and you don't have a gun? What are you doing there? We have a plastic one. What? Uh, no, no. Ask your neighbor, what are you doing? What business do you have in, in a war front, on a war front, without a gun? You might as well lie down and kill yourself. I, I watched a, a movie the other day and there was a lady who was trying to seduce her bosses, her boss. And what she didn't know was that the boss knew that she was trying to seduce him. So the boss arranged with the wife to, to hide in the office, in the background. And the woman came with her things, trying to do her things. And she was doing, trying to do her things. And as she was doing her things, the man was like, no, stop it. Then the, the wife just appeared. The woman looked at the boss and the wife and said, I suck myself. <laughs> she just said, at this moment, I suck myself. In the same way, when you go to war without the word of God, at this moment, you might as well kill over and die. Suck yourself. We haven't taken time to memorize or, or find out what the Bible says about each situation of our lives. There is nothing that you are going through, that you ever go through, that the Bible hasn't said something about it. In Ecclesiastes, it says that, what, is there anything that we can say, see, this is a new thing. No, there is nothing new under the sun. Everything, that which is, is that which has been. And that which will be. Which means that whatever you're going through, the Bible has said something. Do you know it? Have you taken time to find out? 
Have you read through it? Have you learnt it? Do you have it? Is it part of your armory? That is why we run to find some fake prophets and fake pastors and fake people who will give us, you know, fake, uh, what do you call it? Oil, fake water, fake uh, handkerchief, fake something. And we believe more in those things because we haven't taken the time to perfect the sword that we have. Some of us, the sword we are using is our pastor's sword. The sword we are using is the sword of our mother. The sword we are using is not our sword. David said, I cannot wear this heavy army to go and fight with this sword. That The sword itself is bigger than my hand. I cannot use it. I have not proved it. I have not tested it. So I can't use it. Have you tested the word? Have you proved the word? Have you tried the word? He said, David said, all I have is a sling. As for the sling, I am a champion. As for the sling, I know how to fight with it. So that I'm going to go with. So he went out and looked for five smooth stones that he knows how to throw very well. And he used just the first one. And that took Goliath out. You see, when you have the word in you, the first word is all you need. One word is all you need. Not an oil. Not a handkerchief. Not water. Special water with the pastor's head on it. Meanwhile, the pastor is asleep. Or a sticker. I don't know whether you stick the sticker on your forehead <laughs> as you are going through whatever you are going through. If it's your wife, you just <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? <laughs> People are trying to preach my message for me. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, amen. Yeah, look at Mark, Mark chapter 9. Mark 9.29, I believe. Mark 9.29. Listen to No, before you look at that, before you look at that, leave that for a minute. Before you look at that, let's look at Second Timothy three sixteen. Second Timothy three sixteen. And somebody turned to John chapter 8, verse 30, 32. And somebody also turned to 1 Peter 1, 21. Okay, have you got it? Okay, let's start with 1 Peter 1, 21. Every scripture is given by the inspiration of God. First, put 1 Peter 1, 21 first. 1 Peter 1, 21. Who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that you are. I said Second Peter, sorry, Second Peter, not First Peter. Second Peter. One twenty-one. 
For the prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Holy men were moved by the Holy Spirit to write those words. So if you like, those words are not men's words. Those words in scripture are, is God's word. God dictated it through men. Are you with me? But the men are not relevant. A lot of people say that, oh, if, if it is in uh, uh, New Testament, it's written by Paul. Paul had his problems and challenges, so I don't believe what Paul was saying. Paul was right. No, no, no. Holy men were inspired by God to put down those scriptures. So every scripture is given for a reason. Are you with me? Every scripture is given for a reason. Am I talking to somebody? Next verse. What was the next verse I gave you? John 8.32 You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Some versions say set you free. But the actual original language is you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Knowing of the truth, which is the word of God, makes you free from every certain problems you go through. Some of us, we are depressed because we are bereft of the word of God. Are you with me? Because if you know and understand the word of God and it's gone into you, like David, you say, my soul, why are thou disconfited within you? Hope in God. Hope in your God. David was talking to himself and he said that my soul, my feeling, listen to me. Why are you depressed? Why are you, you know, confused? Why are you in distress? Hope in God. He was telling his soul, put your trust in God. Because the Bible says that, oh Lord, indeed, will I put my trust. I put my trust in thee. So if the Bible says I put my trust in thee, in this moment of, of hardship and difficulty, my trust is in nothing else but in you. Amen. But when you don't have the word of God, you will run to somebody. And when you run to the person, and the Bible says, woe to the man who trusts or whose trust is in the arm of flesh. For the arm of flesh will fail you. I don't care who the person is. It could be the Pope. He will fail you. Because we are weak. We are human beings. Hallelujah. So we will fail. He can be a man of God. Yes, he prays 24 hours a day. I know. But he will still fail. Because he's not God. But if your trust is in God, if your trust is in God, then he will never fail. He says that even if we don't remain faithful, he cannot deny himself. He's forever faithful. He cannot turn back. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So never ever allow the circumstances to get at you. First of all, eat the word. Eat the word. Jeremiah said that the word was I was commanded to eat the word. And at first, it was bitter in my mouth when I ate it. 
then it became sweet after a while. It was bitter because learning is not easy. It was bitter because I had to put my bottom on the chair to read. It was bitter because I could not do what I really wanted to do. I had to read the word. Hallelujah. What was the next verse I gave you? 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It is bitter because the word will correct you. You see, the problem with us is that we read the Bible with amnesia. Sometimes we read the Bible and when we see ourselves, we say it's not us. In James chapter 1, the Bible says that don't be a forgetful hearer who sees in the mirror of the word and when they go away, they forget the way they looked. Because we are looking, but we say it's somebody else. We are looking, but we say it's not us. See, I'm talking about how to get the word to become a sword for you. It cannot be a sword for you when you don't see yourself in the word. When the word doesn't reprove you. The word reproof means you were going to do something and he told you stop. And you stopped. Rebuke means you, were, you did something and he said stupid girl. That was wrong. Exalt means it encourages you. That what you are doing is good. Keep doing but you see, when the word has not got any, any avenue in your heart, when you read or when it is preached to you, it does not do anything to you, then it, obviously it is not part of you and you can never use it as, a, as an ammunition or a weapon against the enemy. Because the word itself has not, it's not come out into, onto your hand. I wish you could give me a picture of a soldier holding a sword, an old Roman soldier with a sword. I wish you could find that picture for us and put it on the screen. You see that the sword is not independent of the soldier. The sword is not independent of the swordman. The sword is in his hand. The sword has been placed in his hand. And with that, he fights. Are you with me? For the sword to be put in your hand, it means that you have to be one with the sword. You have to be agreeable with the sword. If this is a sword, the sword should lie on your uh, palm and you have to grip it firmly. Which means that when the sword says stop, you stop. When the sword says go, you go. When the sword says do this, you do. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Can you see? Where is the sword? The sword is in the hand. The word of God must be in you. And for it to come into you, the first of all, the sword comes near you. Then the sword comes on you. Then the sword comes in you. But when it comes near you and you move, it comes near you and you move. It comes near you and you move. 
He comes near you and you move. Do you know, I, 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 listen, I can preach a message, half of this church will finish. Next week Sunday, they won't come. I've been doing this job for a while. I can preach a message. Next week, half of you won't come to church. Because when the word comes and it's hot, you move. When the word, the word comes and it's really attacking your behavior, immediately you say, I'm not coming. When the series is over, I will come. When the word enters your room, you say, no, you move. It's too close. When the word, because the word comes near you. Then it comes on you. Have the word ever come on you? The word, you know that this was me. See, when they were preaching, you felt powerless. You know, as for today, they've got me good. And you say, you are dead. It's not, the word hasn't entered you, it's on you. It's weighing you. Sometimes, as it's on you, 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 you begin to say, uh, it's because uh, Sister Watermelandria has told Pastor my issue, so Pastor is using it to preach. And that is why I don't like going to this type of churches. When they, they gossip at the pastor, then the pastor will come and say, it's a new series. I know this series is mine. It's because of me. So the word is on you. It's right on you. I'm not coming, I'm not coming. When the series is over, I'll come. You're preaching. So it means you haven't allowed the word to enter. See, the word will always prune. In, in John 15, he says that the, the, the tree that bears fruit, he prunes or he purges so that he will give forth more. So the word has to purge you. And purging the disease, it means it has to cut some things off you. Some things off. And see, when things are being cut off you, it's not nice. It's painful. It makes you see how unworthy you are. And it's not a good thing. How many times? Even nobody has said it, but when you are reading, you know that this is. As for this one, it's not, it's not like somebody preached. You read it, and then you realize that. Mm, as for this one, dear. I am truly contentious. But 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 you see, if you don't open your heart and allow it to have preeminence, allow it to sit in and say, "Okay, this word, I'm going to use it. I'm going to change." I'm going to change. And I'm going to, and the word always comes in drips. It never falls. It's not like all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and now, now suddenly you have become, no, no, no. Because when you are transformed in one area, there's another area of darkness in you. Are you with me? So it, it's that it comes gradually. And the more you open your heart, you allow the word to correct you, the more areas in your life the word enters. The more areas the word enters. The more, and see, when the word has done its work in you, it makes you stronger. Next time when you, are, you encounter a situation, you know how to apply the word. Otherwise, otherwise, oh, uh, 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 I, I conjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. You remember the story, sons of, sons of Sceva? He says, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But you, who are you? 
Who exactly, what is your name? Have you been introduced? Are you anybody in particular? Are you, are you anybody in particular? I remember once <laughs> we had a, a pastor's conference. I don't know why I'm telling you jokes today. We had a pastor's conference and uh, we're going, you know, and they, they had a VIP for like senior pastors and all that. So we're going. There's, there's, so there's, uh, the bishop was in front. Then there was another pastor, then was me. Then there was another pastor behind me. Then as we're going, they saw the bishop, they took, you know that, what, that red thing that they took, the, the, so the bishop passed, then the other pastor passed, then I passed. Then, then my friend behind me was trying to pass, and then they used the hand to block him. Then they said, you, are you anybody in particular? <laughs> The guy was very confused about the question. Are you anybody in particular? <laughs> they made him go and sit at the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, are you anybody in particular? Because Paul we recognize. Jesus we recognize. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John we recognize. But you, Skiva uh, uh, Jr., who are you? Listen, if the word is... Oh, put the, put the uh, soldier back. If the word is going to become a sword in your hand, then you have to allow the word to have its way inside of you. Hallelujah. In, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, he says, now that the word is in our hand, now that the word is in our hand, he says that the word is quick, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is quick. It is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Everywhere the word cuts. Everywhere the word cuts. In our marriage, the word cuts. In our business, the word cuts. In our investment, the word cuts. And there is nothing in our lives that the word does not cut through. But first of all, we must allow the word to have total preeminence in us. Hallelujah. I say allow the word. And allow the word to become a revelation. Amen. Some of us, we read one story in the Bible and we know that story in one way. God can never speak to us in any other way with that same story. Because we know it this way and that's all. Allow, see, the same story, God, God can use 15 million ways to admonish you. Different ways. The same story. I've read the Bible uh, uh, three, four times. From cover to cover, I've read it. Every year I read the Bible three times. So what? It doesn't mean anything. What you allow God or the Spirit of God to use the Bible for in any situation is what gives you power. Am I talking to somebody? Is somebody hearing me? Allow the word to have its right course inside of you. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a few things that the word does 
in you quickly, then we can move on to something else. Number one, the word of God equips us and shows us the truth. It equips us and shows us the truth. 2 Timothy 3, 17 says that, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. After the word has been reproved, corrected, and instructed in righteousness, it makes the man of God totally complete, lacking nothing good. Amen. Number two, Jesus used the word when Satan came to, to tempt him. It is written. It is written. Do you know what is written? I said, do you know what is written? Because the fact that it is written doesn't mean you know it. Hallelujah. Number three, the word is, is a powerful weapon in your mouth. Use it. Amen. I said the word is what? A powerful weapon in your mouth. So use it. Use the word. Turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, use the word. Oh, tell them, use the word. Preach the word. Number four, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. We read it in Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you, are, you have a sword, a sword can kill. Amen. I said a sword can kill. A sword kills demons. That's what it does. So use the word. Amen. I said use the word. Number five, not knowing the word is costly. Not knowing the word is what? Costly. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, that scripture, I know we all know it in this room, but see, that scripture was talking about priests. You and I are priests, isn't it? Revelation 1, 7 says that you, we are all kings and priests before God. We, we, are, we, are, we are priests. And if you are a priest and you don't know the word, then you are set up for destruction. He says that the weapons of our warfare, uh, sorry, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he goes on, because you have rejected knowledge, I have also rejected your sons. I've rejected you and your sons from being priests before me. Because you have forgotten my law, your God, the law of your God, I will forget your children. Can you imagine? Because we forget. Sometimes we know the word, but we've forgotten. We know it, but we've forgotten. Why do you think we forget? Because we didn't allow our heart to accept the word. And two, because we never used it. Because the word you accept is the word you use. How many have heard a few scriptures about giving? A few. Just a few. Hello? Only one or two. The liberal soul shall be made. Give and it shall be given. There's one that tended withhold more than necessary and it tended to what? You see, you know a lot of the word. On, the, on, on, on giving. 
But you see, it has not blessed us because we don't obey it. <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Because we are not obeying it, it, it does not open itself for us. So we tend to forget. He says that, prove me here with, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you so much that you cannot contain. It's least seven blessings it gives when we pay our tithe. But you spent your tithe, didn't you? You bought a new shoe instead of paying. <laughs> yeah, you bought a, a, new, a new watch. You were going for that party, so you used your tithe to, to pay to buy a dress. You are preaching, Pastor. Uh, uh, have you forgotten? You, uh, uh, you see, you see, listen, listen, listen. He says that if you pay the tithe, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devourer doesn't understand that wait to the end of the month. The devourer comes as and when he wants to come. You go and park in the wrong place. They clamp your car. The devourer has come. 150 pounds. 175. Has the devourer been devouring you? (laughs) You get home, your boiler has broken down and winter is about to start. The devourer has come. But you see sometimes you you cannot equate that to the tithe you didn't pay. So you run around, it's like, oh, the devil, oh, the devil. Or you run around looking for a solution to fix your boiler and you forgot that you allowed it. Oh, just about the time you're going to use the money, somebody dies. Or your, your car just suddenly dies on you. How many know what I'm talking about? One day your car decided today I've finished. I've gone on pension. <laughs> Me, I've retired. I shall not be you take the car to the... You see, uh, uh, mechanics and all those with me, I see them as devourers. Yeah. So I pray against them. <laughs> and I pay my tithe. When I'm paying my tithe, I say, Lord, may mechanics never come near my car. In the name of Jesus. Because I don't like them. Because the mechanics, there are some mechanics, when they touch your car, every time. Because when they leave your car, they'll punch a little bit and it will take another three months for the fall to develop. You don't know. Because they also have to eat. So they fix one, you know, a, a rubber that is supposed to put uh, lubricant into the engine. They just punch it a little bit. It will take another two months or three months for the oil to finish whilst you are driving. Because small, 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 small. So, uh, uh, three months ago I came. They they knew you'll be back. They knew you'll be back. They they can even predict when you are coming back. They do something small. Something small. So I pray against them. They are all devourers. You joke with not paying your time. You see, the money will go. Either way. Either way. This way, that way, or the other way it will go. So I, I want it to go to the place where 
I am in charge rather than I having to respond. Have you ever had the problem that you didn't have money in a bank to fix? There's an advert on on the TV. Quick, quick, think. Have you heard that? Have you seen that advert? That's a thief's advert. When you see the advert, turn your channel. It's the worst advert on TV. You know? Uh, You say, what they don't show you is the APR. Anytime when you see the advert, look at the APR. The APR is 1,260 something, which means that if I give you 100 pounds, you give me 1,261 pounds back. If you don't have 100 pounds, how do you get 1,261 pounds to give me back? By quick, quick. By quick, quick, think. <laughs> the boiler is on the blink. Quick, quick, think. Payday pay loan. Only to payday. And your payday is two weeks. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. You Don't worry. We'll come to finance. How many want to really want to be helped with your finances? Yeah, we'll come about We'll come there to talk about There's something called stupid tax. Tax on stupidity. Never pay stupid tax. Like... Like, 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 I'll give you one, one example. Like, pay three pounds for parking for one hour. They say, oh, I'm just going here and come. So I won't pay three pounds an hour for the, to, to pay the meter three pounds. Then you go and you come. By the time you come, there is a, a 70 pound sticker there. That says that pay in 14 days, you get half. Price, so you pay 60 pounds. Then you don't pay. Then the 60 to 14 days passes. By one day, then you remember. So it's now 120. So from three pounds, it's called stupid tax. Your phone bill comes. Oh, I don't want to see it. When the brown one comes, you don't you don't even open. When the red one comes, you don't open. Then they, somebody comes to knock on your door. By the time the person, the person coming alone, it brings 150 pounds on it before we are talking about the bill. And then the bill is also for every letter they give, they add about administrative charge. That's 30 pounds. That's tax on stupidity. The Bible says that oh no man anything. You didn't see it in the word. Oh, no, man. Which means that if it's a bill, pay it. Those are devices that come. Because sometimes the bill is in front of you, but somehow you just go blind. You don't see it. <laughs> Genuinely, you didn't see it or you've forgotten about it. Until one day you just come to yourself and look at the bill and it's gone by one day. And now it's going to cost you Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody about the word? Let's allow the word. Anywhere the word tends us, let's turn. Amen. I say anywhere the word tends us, let's turn. What, what number are we on? I said not knowing the word is costly, isn't it? Then the word is like fire and hammer. Okay. Jeremiah 32, 28 to 29. 
The prophet who ha- has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks every rock in pieces? Amen. The next, my time is up, but for five more minutes, if you allow me, five more minutes. The next, the next weapon is the weapon of fasting and prayer. I said fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 9 verse 29 quickly. Jesus said, let me start from 28. And when he had come into the house, his disciple asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said unto them, this kind does not go out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. Prayer and fasting. I think last year we spent a whole about six months talking about prayer. Isn't it? How many types of prayer did we talk about? We looked at 17 different types of prayer. Is it 17? How many remember the types of prayer we talked about? Long prayers, short prayers, prayer of faith, prophetic prayer, impeccatory prayer. You know, impeccatory prayers. Break their teeth, O Lord. Let their way be slippery and dark. Set an adversary at their right hand. When they are judged, may they be found guilty. May their children, may their children be widows and fatherless. Those are bad prayers. Wicked prayers. You think you are wicked? God is more wicked than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have a lot of different prayers. So I'm not, I don't want to really waste time talking about prayer. But you see, if you are a prayerless Christian, you are a weak Christian. If you are a prayerless Christian, you are a Christian who is walking with a bull's eye on your back. Anybody that sees you, any, any, you know, there are some. Servant demons. They are demons. They are just servants. They are made servants to the proper demons. <laughs> you know, there are some, some, some apprentice demons. They are, they are now starting to become demons. They are, you know those houseboy demons. That <laughs> demons under training. Yes, yeah, so, 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 demons. But they all can attack. Everyone can attack. And everyone's attack is very, very serious. Because you are a prayerless Christian. In this day and age, we have a lot of prayerless Christians. We don't pray. We don't pray. And that is why we are open to all sorts of attacks. We don't need to pray. We can listen to prayer. You see, it's amazing. Now we can listen to prayer. There there is a a channel. You can put your your, radio. Radio station, you put your radio there. And then there are about five or six people praying. And then you sleep through the night. They are praying. You are not praying. Don't think that what you are hearing is your prayer. <laughs> it's like I'm basking in the prayer environment. No, no, no. Don't deceive yourself. It is them praying. Yeah. It, it, now, in this day, then it, when you go on YouTube, there are music for prayer. 
You can put music for prayer and it gives a certain atmosphere for prayer. We have, prayer has been made so easy in our day. In my day, if you are going to pray, you have to go to the garden or the bush. There's no YouTube. We go into the garden. And when we go to the garden, it's hot. And there are snakes. And there are insects. And you put your t-shirt, you remove your t-shirt, put your t-shirt on your shoulder. And we don't stop praying until you get to a place where you are not praying anymore. Now you go, the Bible with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now you can't even say it. It's inside. It's like you are you are giving birth. You know, when you enter the, the mouth of the garden, you can tell who is in there. Because we knew everybody's Sound. prayer accents. The voice. The voice. Yeah. You see the request. And you know who is an experienced prayer warrior and who is not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you see the ones who go, go, they have just started. They've just come. They've just come. In the garden, you can tell who has been there for long and who has not been there for long. The one who, you know, those, those who go like that. Kaye. They have been there. They've been there for a long time. Not there. They have just come. Uh, you didn't come from a place of fasting. You didn't come from a place of fasting. One day I took, I took some training pastors to go and pray. And they did, I don't know, is it 20 hours, 23 hours, something. And you know, when, when we were being trained, they, they will come and they will give you a prayer topic. You know the prayer topic? Shall we pray? The guy who used to lead us used to put his watch like that. Then he say, shall we pray? Heavens, open. Then he's gone. Lord, let the heavens open. Lord, let the heavens open. Lord, let the heavens open. We'll be there. Three hours. He's gone into the bush. Then we are waiting. We are praying, waiting, praying, waiting, waiting. Then he will come back. As he's coming, we know that oh, he's coming to close us. Oh, he's coming to there. You got he's clapping. Because he himself is tired. Then he say, Ray, four. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then he's gone. And then he's come. Kaya, kaya, kaya. One day we went for an all night. We started at, we used to start all night around 8, 9. And we were supposed to finish at 6. We started, we're going. 3 a.m., we're going. 4 a.m., we're going. 5.30, 6 a.m., then it comes. <laughs> Shall we pray? <laughs> Blessings, come. 
it's gone. Hey, it is six. We have to close. Okay. Kaye, kaye, kaye. We are nine, nine a.m. Then it comes around ten thirty. He says, "Principalities fall," and it's gone. Like joke. We're there till five p.m. And it was supposed to be an all night. These days we don't do that. These days, when I, when you are giving prayer topics, the whole sermon, you give a sermon of fifteen minutes to introduce the prayer of five minutes. Then give a sermon of twenty minutes to introduce the prayer of ten minutes. And then you are putting songs in and adding because otherwise they won't pray. They will all go home. No wonder we are weak. It's time for us to get back to the old way of praying. Go back to the garden. I think I'll start taking some people to the garden. How many want some garden experience? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go back into the garden. I remember once there's a, there's a big preacher that I won't mention his name. One of the days, he's very tall. He has long legs. Or back then he used to have long legs. And he, he walks like this. And then he was stuck. He was praying. No, no, he had just walked into an ant hill. You know the red ants in the because in the garden. As he was going, his trousers was on the floor. There were ladies and everything there because things were happening. These days, we don't have that. It's like, even the leader of the prayer, we have to give, we have to apologize for keeping you as we're about to give the next topic. Don't worry, we'll be closing soon. Don't worry, we'll be closing soon. Look at some weaklings. Don't worry, we'll be closing soon. Our last but one prayer, our last but three prayers, our last but, our final, final prayer. Fasting enhances what we are believing God for. Fasting opens doors. You know, when Esther was going to speak to the king, Esther said that you people fast. Me and my maidens will fast and I will go to the king. If I perish, I perish. She went on an empty stomach. stomach, Hallelujah. Learn to put your stomach down and pray. You know that issue that you have been recurring, 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 because you haven't resisted unto death. And don't fast. You are fasting in the morning. I'll finish at 11 o'clock. <laughs> My friend, go and eat and go and find somewhere and sit. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, we said we're doing seven days fasting. Then my son said he would try it. So seven days, first day, no food. Did up to six, carried on, went to sleep, went to work, no food. Next day, up to six, did it. The third day, was it the third day? Yeah, third day. It was Thursday, the fourth day. At 4 a.m., he sends me a text. And I'm sleeping next door. He said, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> my legs are finishing under me. <laughs> I can't feel my feet. As I must lie on the bed, my feet are disappearing. I, say, 
said he can't feel his legs because he's fasted for four days without food. I don't know whether you can fast that many days without food. We are talking about dry, only water. Only water. It breaks something inside of you. I say it breaks some holds, some strongholds. Something that is holding you, fasting and prayer breaks it. This kind does not go except by fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. I'm challenging you to use fasting and prayer. That thing that you've been struggling with, add fasting and prayer to it. That thing that you've been believing God for all this while and it's not happening. Put your stomach down. And fast the fast you have never done before. If you have done one day before, do it two days, three days. Go seven days. You won't die. I promise you, you won't die. If you like, come, I'll open this room for you, just you alone. We'll lock you and then you'll be here. Three days, you are going nowhere. Stay here. And pray. And pray. When you go home, your phone will ring. Your friend will come and knock at the door. Your fridge will, will, will call you. Come and lie in the house of God. Three days, I'm not moving from here. See how the place has gone quiet. You can't, you can't fathom what I'm saying. You can't fathom what I'm saying. Three days, I'm not living here. I'm going to stay here for three days. I'm going to stay here for seven days. No bathing. No bathing is also a type of fast. You didn't know. And it also means you can't go into people. No bathing, nothing. I'm staying here and praying. See, we have basement. We're about to develop them into prayer coves. You know what a prayer cove is? It's like a garden. We're bringing the garden into the basement. So when you come, you rent one room and you are inside. Two days, three days, four days. You are praying and pushing until something happens. Are you with me? We are not going, oh, I'm, I'm going to take a stroll in the uh, park and come back. No, we are staying here. We are not going to co-op. You stay here. How many of you think it's a good idea? Yeah. Very soon, by, by the end of next year, by next summer, it will be done. We have the, the basement wall. There are about four, five, six different rooms. Turn them. Each room will put a table and a very hard bed. Hard bed. And, and, and just no, no, modern, no modern comfort there. No, it's just a hard bed, a hard table and chair. No internet, nothing. Just there. You and your God. I'll see how many of us will, will book to pray there. And we are locking you there for three days. On a hard bed, I promise you, you won't be able to sleep. Rise to your feet. Let's go home.